Hi, Rav Judy here with Masechet Avod, Perak Bet, Mishnah Zion. Huaya Umer. So we're continuing on with statements of Hillel, and this next one has sets of cause and effect, as it were. Marbe Basar Marbe Rima, one who has literally a lot of flesh. If one, uh, it's the, the way the Rishonim explain it is one overeats and is overly focused on the body. Marbe Rima, literally, in the end, there will be more worms. Uh, it's a little bit gross, but I think the Mishnah is less focused on the consequences of the grave than the fact that if one spends their life on physicality, what's the end of that? It all ends up in the grave. It doesn't go anywhere. A person should be spending their life focused on things that will outlive us and that are more meaningful. Contributions to the greater society, to family, to ideas, to ideals, uh, to living a life of goodness, not to hedonism and physicality, because at the end, eh, person dies. Marba Nechassim Marba Daga, one who has many possessions or really gathers many possessions, will have a, a great deal of worry. The, the more you have, the more you have to worry about losing it. If you, don't have anything, you don't have anything to lose. So there's a wonderful story that's brought in the Medrash Bereshit Rabbah. I think it's also in the Yerushalmi and Peah about Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi. The Rabbi Yehuda HaNasi was, was wealthy. He was the Nasi, and that family had, had wealth. And a man by the name of Artaban was really curious. What does Rabbi have? What does he have? What, what, what's in his treasury? So Artaban had some wealth and took a jewel and sent it with a messenger to Rabbi, to Rabbi Huda Nasi, and said, here's a gift for you, now send me one back. So Rabbi Huda sent him back a mezuzah. Artaban was incensed. How dare he send me back a piece of parchment, sent back a messenger saying, what is the meaning of this? I sent you a jewel. And Rabbi Huda sent back, you sent me a jewel, and now I need to hire people to guard it. I sent you a mezuzah that will help to protect your jewels. Marba nechassim marba daga. The more you have, the more you have to lose, and the more worries that go with. Marba nashim marba kshafim. Interesting one. If one has many wives, they increase uh, sorcery. What's going on there? So some explain that one of those many wives is really setting up the wives into competition with each other. There is no single case, not one, in all of Tanakh where somebody has more than one spouse and it works out well. It's a disaster. And so what do, the, what do people do when they feel powerless? One thing they do is they turn to anything that will give them power. Even if that thing is not permitted, people who are desperate will turn and try to get control of a situation. And so if you have many wives, you're setting them up for sorcery, for, for idolatry and other things that are meant to try to bring them some control into a situation that's beyond their control, and that's very sad. When it comes to servants, male and female, if only female servants, it leads to licentiousness. It happens to be, and this is a lesser understood fact, but if one sits and studies, particularly the first paragraph of Masachi Kedushin, you find out quite a bit that in Jewish law, you're not supposed to ever have a female servant who's over age 12. At age 12, they either go free or they marry, they marry into the family. But the idea of having female maidservants is absolutely ripe for abuse. It is a setup. Whether that be from other people, whether that be from the, the master himself, it doesn't matter. This is a bad move and it's going to end. And it's really unfair to the women involved. Marbevad and Marbegezel. If one has many servants, one is setting up for theft, that people who are in a position where they don't really get paid, I mean, they work, they get food and shelter, etc., they don't really get paid. Uh, when they have access to assets, it takes a, a great deal of moral fortitude to not take what's around. And it's hard to also watch over so many people. So there are lots of servants. There's there's much that's being done not under anyone's watchful eye. And it becomes tempting to take something for yourself. And it's it's a setup for a problem. All of these are set, setups for problems. Now let's talk about setups that are much better. Marbet Torah, Marbet If one engages in excess or a lot of Torah, 
then one will increase life, life in this world, life in the next world. Torah is, we say, it's Chaim here, it's a tree of life for those who are going to follow it. The, the Torah gives us both insight into how to live life better, it makes for a better life, could even lead to a longer life, one is living a more tempered life. Marbi Yeshiva, Marbi Chachma. If you learn to sit, you'll become more wise. Sit down, listen to people. Be involved, be engaged, listen to people who are intelligent, you'll become wiser. Marba Eitza, Marba Tavuna, that if you seek out more counsel, you will become more insightful. That you shouldn't say, well, I know things. If I ask, people will think I'm not that smart. No, asking is actually a great sign of somebody who's intelligent and learning and will become more insightful. If one um, increases their tzedakah, one also increases peace. Make the world a better, more peaceful place. Take care of the suffering. If you notice, many of the things earlier had to do with people who were desperate. And desperation led to bad behavior. Well, tzedakah can then lead to good behavior. If one acquires a good name, they acquire it for themselves. Your good name doesn't transfer to other family members per se. You acquire a good name for yourself. That's who gets it. But if one acquired words of Torah, one has acquired the world to come. Not only life in this world, but eternal life. Become something, part of something that is eternal and much greater than ourselves.